Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me, Steve Classic and Nikki. Let's say we make this thing happen. New Hampshire secedes, becomes its own entity. And then people want to move here. Great. Like, I'm not going to prevent you from moving here. Yeah, but Put up the borders. But, <laughs> but it's going to be much more costly to you than it was before, right? Particularly from a freedom perspective, right? I mean, maybe, you know, you have a business and you're able to trade with us here and, and that gives you the financial well-being to actually make the move then, right? But it, it's certainly, I, I'm just predicting that it would be more expensive for you to make the move, particularly in USD, Right, because I think New Hampshire will make a move away from the USD uh, post secession, and so you know everything will just be gold uh, back a, a little more uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think just uh, you know just brainstorming? Do you think that the New Hampshire currency, when we secede, will be goldbacks? I think, or gold rather, I, just gold and weight. I think that there mm-hmm. won't be an official New Hampshire currency. Oh, that's a good point. Also, right uh, now, it's a decentralized approach. Will you know? there be like a like at first? Yeah, I think goldbacks yeah. will win the day, and I think cryptocurrency. Or you know, the one right that is it. most commonly used. Yeah. Do you think it would be goldbacks or crypto? actually like I think like USD, if we, Bitcoin, we'll still, Bitcoin Cash. If if we seceded tomorrow, I think the USD would still be in use. Right, because I mean, yeah, a lot of people like every still other country have it. in the world uses right. USD. Right. So I don't think that goes away immediately, yeah. but it certainly opens up the floodgates for development, consumer, de- uh, consumer slash retail development of cryptocurrency POS integrations mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, currently aren't happening for well reasons. It's because everybody's afraid of of the guns of government. Yeah, right. Uh, all this development, by the way, has moved outside of the United States of America. Right, because the United States are, are being pricks. Well, they make it impossible. Yeah. Uh, and and they've got everybody in the industry completely like like they're saying crap like, well we told you exactly what the regulations are but no they never have they and they've never outlined no. it and they've been asked a bazillion times and all that kind of thing. It's it's almost like they are intentionally sabotaging the country's economy and like it, it's almost like the government is trying to make the United States a bad place to live. It makes. It really doesn't make any sense. I'm sure there's some sort of big plan that they have, but... I wouldn't even say almost. (laughs) Well, you know, like you were saying about New Hampshire's secession, can I I quote Mark Twain? I don't know, can you? From Hartford, Connecticut. As long as you don't use any of the uh, FCC unapproved uh, words, Uh, yes. No, this is safe. This is safe for listeners. Because you know how Twain is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it says, in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. But when his cause succeeds, when his cause succeeds, I should say, succeeds. Uh, the timid join him, and then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Right. Yeah. Right. And that is so, great. Join point. us now before it costs nothing. <laughs> Library, the company whose video sharing technology and bespoke cryptocurrency once powered the extremist friendly video platform Odyssey. <laughs> Announced on Twitter this week that it would close its doors after a federal judge in New Hampshire fined the firm for more than $111,000 for securities fraud. Again, that is not 
What they find them for, they find them for a licensure issue, not securities fraud. Uh, the announcement saw the value of its library credits, cryptocurrency, uh, the LBC token, which was at the center of the Security Exchange Commission's two-year prosecution of the company, sink to around one three-thousandth of a cent by Thursday night. That's pretty much true. I wonder how much the, the government spent in taxpayer oh. money to go after these. Probably. Well I, more than $111,000. Yeah. Two years? Two years with Two top years lawyers working on that? With like, like, I mean, we saw just just for the Crypto 6 against Ian Freeman alone, they had a team of three attorneys and then a whole bunch of investigators behind them. And, and then some the other, Bearcat and the SWAT team. All the different yeah. alphabet agencies that were here. That's millions of dollars. Millions of dollars they spent. Right. So, to harass peaceful people. Yeah. They're so doing nothing wrong. You know that they they spent the same amount or thereabouts. Yeah. Millions on to prosecuting, try to shut them down. You know, two years prosecuting right. the library. Yeah. They will do anything to ruin someone's life. And and continue to do so. Uh experts say that Twitter's more receptive attitude to extremists <laughs> every every sentence you read extremists. here is like what extremists. Uh, and in parentheses, just this week, far-right influencers bragged about the platform giving them five-figure payments. Really? I don't know if you heard that Twitter is trying to introduce monetization. And so if you have... You Crypto know, tipping? If you is have... That? No, no, no. If you have X amount of like followers or oh. more, then like you got a payment. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Uh, or X amount of followers, so X amount a, of tweets. Something there was some. So you're threshold. getting a piece of the action on retweets uh, or I'm advertising. Not, well, not you, but I'm someone not, who has 200 like, million followers. I don't know. I, I'm we we all are on a nationally syndicated <clears throat> talk radio show, and I don't think any of us qualified for any of that. Yeah, crap. I didn't get any tweets. Today. Right, so yeah, take take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Anyway, uh, it says uh, and library's failure to legally defend its cryptocurrency fueled free speech business model all cast a shadow. On the future of other so-called alt-tech sites, which they don't define. These sites have tried to build businesses by offering platforms and income streams to those banned from big tech sites and mainstream payment processors. Um, I mean, maybe the first part of that, like these, if they're talking about like these all these smaller social media companies, you know, Mastodon and yeah. uh, what's the one I'm forgetting that I'm no longer on, Discord. Uh, there's a rumble, few float. rumble Flo- well, float's gone now. Oh, rumble, um, rumble. A... Yeah, that's oh, a, that's a, that one. That's a video sharing. Or yeah, video but it's still thing. it's but still a still, not yeah. mainstream yeah. site, right? Yeah. Like like parlor. I don't know. Parlor's still another one. Yeah, yeah. That's so there, another far right extremist truth network. I don't know. No, that sounds extreme. <laughs> that's very extreme. <laughs> truth. Oh my god. Yeah. Launched in 2015, library used blockchain technology as the basis for LBC. And the library protocol, which allows peer-to-peer distribution of content without centralized oversight or moderation. In a 2019 blog post, the library founder Jeremy Kaufman touted the protocol as the most censorship-resistant system to ever exist for the purposes of publishing digital content. Sounds great. And in publicity materials, the company has claimed that library does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sure does. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video publishing platform with a similar look and feel to YouTube, where users could easily publish and watch videos using the Library Protocol and a mechanism for buying LBC, which users could use to support their favorite creators. 
Odyssey did publish community standards and repeatedly insisted they could and would exclude material published, though library did not meet them. Published through library that did not. Mm, Let me read that again. Odyssey did publish community standards and repeatedly insisted that they could and would exclude material published through library that did not meet them. I see, did not meet the criteria. This is a very poor writer. Yeah. First of all. Well, they sound like an idiot, first of all. Uh, well, Probably AI. Okay, but like... <laughs> yeah, this was written by AI. All the details are wrong. They're completely yeah. biased. Their their language skills are lacking, and that's just from a reader's perspective. Well, they're a British newspaper, aren't they? This is another thing that I don't <laughs> like about uh, these types of articles, is they're going to invoke association, right? So, library had nothing to do with the following, but they're going to write it in their article so that you associate library with the following. In the wake of COVID-19, library had nothing to do with COVID-19. The November 2020 election, library had nothing to do with the November 2020 (laughs) election. And the January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol. There was no attack. There was no attack. (laughs) The guided tour. and, (laughs) And library had nothing to do with it. Uh, libraries management promoted the site in public and in private as a refuge for creators banned from mainstream sites over the promotion of conspiracy theories about coronavirus or stolen elections. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, stupid. You can't hold the platform responsible for the content. It's just, it's just such a red flag that people that clearly what they're disagreeing with is that Odyssey was not censoring people. Right. They want people to be censored. If you know, if you don't believe in the approved narrative, right. if you're allowing people to speak their mind, they don't like that. Yeah. But they couldn't get them on that. They had to get them on you know? some technicality. Isn't like exactly. uh, well, like Al Capone? They got them on tax evasion yeah, or, or exactly. tax fraud instead of killing people. Same kind of thing. Yeah. They couldn't get them on free speech, so they had to get them on licensing. Yeah. Like oh, well, well you wait. You mean you're paying your viewers and your your creators with this? this Did you token send them out ten ninety nine forms? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Right. They're they're manufacturing some other. How do we thing. shut them down without? Yeah. So. Yeah. And what was the license supposed to be for? We're getting there. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> We're both anxious. We're, to, yeah. Come on. Come let on, us Captain, know. Come, come on, on Captain. Us. Come on, Captain. Come on, Captain. Uh, <laughs> hang on. I lost my place. Uh, at the time. Uh, the Odyssey was one of a number of alt-tech sites. Others included BitChute and Rumble, whose looser moderation standards had a strong appeal for extremists. Extremists. We have a unscreened caller. What is your name, please? I am Tom, and I am oh. from Hudson, New Hampshire. Hey, Tom. Welcome to the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. What is on your mind? Uh, civil asset forfeiture. You know where they just take people's money and cars and everything... Uh, on the flimsiest of excuses, and even when it doesn't hold up in court, nothing ever happens to the cops for stealing it, usually. Yeah. Uh, It's one of many nasty things the government is doing. Uh, It took a bloody war to uh, free the slaves in some states. It wasn't started over slavery, but just these states were just overrun by crazy, deranged, depraved, degenerate, selfish, greedy potholes who did not give a fire truck about (laughs) somebody else's rights. (laughs) Nice, Tom. And, uh, you know, that's why it was impossible to get anywhere like voting. And uh, the same thing is going on nowadays. I mean, just most voters uh, just 
don't care, and uh, they, they're not going to care anytime soon. So uh, the idea that people got to get somewhere with ballots is uh, pretty absurd. But on Friday in Fargo, North Dakota, there was a traffic accident, and the mm-hmm. cops went there. And a guy walked up there, and he shot three cops, and he killed one of them and uh, critically injured two of them. And uh, the cops can't figure out what on the wor- in the world brought this on. You know, I mean, what's it going to take to open the borders, to legalize drugs, to abolish public school and school taxes, uh, to eliminate zoning restrictions, and to put an end to civil asset forfeiture? I mean, it just, it's uh, they just can't imagine that, you know, in a, you know, the police forces of a hostile domestic government are the enemy, just like the armed forces of a hostile foreign government. Yeah, it's, uh, I'd like to make the Star Wars analogy, uh, police and the military of the United States of America uh, can't fathom that they are the stormtroopers. They are the the empire. They are Darth Vader's lackeys. Hey, back the blue, point? huh? What, what's the point of having an army to stop China from coming into the United States and violating people's rights if you're going to have the cops running around loose in the United States uh, intimidating people into uh, complying with a multitude of blatantly unjust laws? Yeah. And, you know, I've said this repeatedly and I'll say it again because we're talking about police. But if the police really wanted to change their reputation because they know they have a horrible reputation with, well, everybody except the police, uh, if they really wanted to change it, they have the power to do so. All they need to do is get together with their little group, their, their, their gang of thin blue line people and go, hey, guys, our reputation sucks. We need to change it because, uh, you know, we're, we're doing the wrong thing. Let's just stop enforcing anything that doesn't have a victim. Let's stop enforcing victimless crimes. And their reputation would change overnight. I don't think they care about the reputation. And I don't think they have the what, mental capacity to, off, to even <laughs> think about, oh, well, you know, there's no actual victim. So why is this a crime? They, they can't even process ethics or reason. Yep. So they will just continue to blindly serve the state because they are stormtroopers. This is the Clone Wars. Yep. And that's so, you know, the reality. Let, let me ask you to, to check this out. Uh, if you're driving too fast, you're putting other people in danger, you're doing something wrong, you, you're taking a random chance, you're going to wind up hurting somebody. Uh, and so you got to pay the price. Okay. And let's say you, the price is just driving so fast that the price is $150. Okay, and you're going to be paying the price in $50 notes. Does it make any difference which serial numbers you're paying the price with or which Federal Reserve Bank issued which $50 notes? Of course not, because a $50 note is a $50 note. It doesn't matter which ones you're paying it with. Well, when the government has to pay the price for its malicious wrongdoings, the injustices that it hires the cops to carry out, it doesn't make any difference which badge numbers mm-hmm. the government pays the price with or which enemy agency issued which badges. I mean, a cop is a cop is a cop. Well, and then let's talk about the the other side of that, which is uh, when government agencies or agents of these government agencies do wrong, these people never pay the price. The price is always the burden of the people that they're taking the money from, the taxpayers, the tax victims, if you will. So a cop, uh, you know, beats a man to death and, uh, you know, they go to court and the, the family of the man who died, they win. They win 10 million bucks in the court case. 
And the government pays the money. The government pays, the the taxpayers more accurately of of the town in which the officer was employed pays that price. Not not the officers, not the police department, not anything. They, they, They paid zero penalty for being wrong ever. Imagine, you know, like after the Berlin Wall fell, there was one guard there that murdered a guy who was trying to skip uh, from east to west, uh, who wasn't supposed to leave uh, East Germany. And uh, that guard later went up, went to prison on human rights violations after the Berlin Wall fell and West Germany took over East Germany and everything and East Berlin. Now uh, that guy couldn't hide in the East under Russian-controlled territory anymore, and he went to jail for it. Imagine what's going to happen after the inevitable ultimate triumph of Operation USA Freedom, when every cop that has ever participated in drug asset forfeiture has to get the maximum that a human could get for robbing an armored car. Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? That'd be Ricky from the Commonwealth there, brother, Captain. Hey, Ricky. You're on with uh, Steve Classic and Nikki Sunshine. No doubt. Brother Steve, <laughs> sister Nikki, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Thank you for recognizing the host. What's happening of in course, the Keystone State? Ah, well, <laughs> it's not, it's, that's not a state here, Captain. Commonwealth. Commonwealth. The Commonwealth, right? Well, that's oh, classic. That's Confederate. The Confederate? Yeah, that's classic well, talking to you. Hey, if I get in that seat... I'll blow the damn thing away, I promise you. I'll do the same thing Jefferson did in, when he was U.S. congressman at all costs. What the Fetterman is going on there? <laughs> well, 2025, all hell will break loose. That being said, but I have another topic. No. You know, I got two things. Okay, one, one's actually the second one, which is uh, the only solution when it comes to Beard Talk Live. But the first one I wanted to mention briefly, Captain. You said last week, you commented about the original Lit Sync show, Solid Gold. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I got to disagree with there, Captain. You Was there one before? Something. Yeah, something called American Bandstand. Uh, AB. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, you, got, you had Buddy Holly. You had Eddie Cochran. You had Jerry Lee Lewis. Yep. Didn't and that start in Philadelphia? That all that was lit. Imagine if it would have been live. What a treasure it would have been. I know mm-hmm. Dick Clark commented on the screw-up because they were pushing the single. Right. They wanted people to buy the record. Yeah, no, I actually remember watching American Bandstand. Uh, it was the tail end of its, its, you know, when I was a kid. But I remember watching it. It would be on, you know, late night or whatever, and you would catch it. And, uh, and you're like, something's wrong here. Right. You would see like, uh, you know, one guy with a microphone singing and like you could tell that the, the synchronization was right, on the guy playing lip-syncing. the drums like that. doesn't. No, really no they didn't even have a drummer, but oh. yet you would hear drums. Oh, OK. So they had like a singer and a guitar player, but yet the sound of a full band. And I'm yeah, like, right. hey, where are, are, they are they hiding the drummer and the bass player somewhere? Are they? He might just be really yeah. ugly. <laughs> Possibly. I guess. Rock and roll isn't known for its beautiful people, but mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, you're well, absolutely probably, right, Ricky. Well, probably uh, before I go into my second point, probably the thing that that Can't probably that's in history is, of course, Dion from Dion and the Belmonts on American Bandstand, and uh, unfortunately, Dion had an addiction to heroin, and at that time, I, I've seen the video myself back in the day, stoned out of his mind. I mean, he was. So flying on 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 heroin. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
He was glazed over. He was out of it. Are you sure it was heroin? And everybody knew it, too, but just nobody said anything. You're sure it was heroin, though, or did he admit it later? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Dion would, the, I know a friend of mine personally by the name of John Krantz. He's dead now, so I mentioned his name. Anyways, he used to be an artist, famous in New York. Anyways, he was also a, a, a group harmony singer, doo-wop. Yeah. And he went on, he, he used to tour back in the day. This is after he was, he was actually in Vietnam, but it was after that. And what it was is he knew people like that. He, he actually was with Steve Waits. He actually shared a, a room with Steve Waits and Dion. And Steve Waits, I'll never forget, he had a, he told me how he had a, a tub filled with champagne and shrimp. Now, he comes in, of course, Steve Waits was known famous for heroin also. He, you know, everybody knew it. He didn't hide it either. Mm-hmm. Well, he came in the one there, and there's Dion and Steve Waits, and they're shooting up. They're like, do you want some? He's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your name, please? You're on Free Talk Live. Will from Tennessee. Hey, Will from Tennessee. Thanks for calling. Uh, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I came up and visited you guys at uh, Fork Fest a couple weeks ago and just had the time of my life. Wait. So you guys are even cooler in person. Wait, what? Wait, so there was a guy who called Beard Talk Live last night. That wasn't you? No, that wasn't me. In fact, that's actually funny you brought that up because I was sitting at my TV at uh, 1025 waiting for the live screen to go uh live stream to go on so I could call in yeah. and next thing I remember is waking up at 6 in the morning. Oh no. <laughs> well there yeah. was there was some other guy from Tennessee uh who, you know, Tennessee folks, I recognize folks from there by their accent. Uh and I and their license plate. But like his name, I wasn't like I'm not <laughs> sure. Like I think his name was Andrew, the guy who called in Beard mm-hmm. Talk Live. And like he kept talking and he said, "Yeah, I've been up to the White Mountains." And I'm like, "Was that the guy who came up just for four? But no, it was you, Will, right? It was me. Okay. Yep, All it right. was me. Well, anyway, it was nice to meet you. I remember that. Uh, you hung out. Uh, I know you got a copy of the Captain Kickassy Luthermania EP. Have you been cranking that? Uh, I certainly have. I've been sharing it with anybody I can. Um, nice. I, I really like the, the first one, um, the, the Obey. Con- talking about contaminated mindware? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's... That, one is, that one is by far my favorite. Well, thanks. That seems to be, at least for the, I don't know, dozen or so people who've weighed in with their favorite, uh, that's that's number one as far as, you know, currently. Climbing the charts. It's, it's only been out since officially July 4th, so, you know, it's way too early to tell. Uh, but but thanks, man. I appreciate that. And, and I definitely feel like a very honored individual to be one to get one of the, like, the pre-pre-releases uh, being at Fork Fest. You may actually have received the first one because you that, know, that is an honor well it, it was an honor because you came up uh specifically for fork fest all the way from tennessee and you weren't staying uh for the little listening party that i had for everybody so i wanted to make sure that before you left uh you got a copy because you know we talked about music and you know i figured out what you were into and i thought yeah this guy's gonna dig this so yeah you're welcome, and also thank you. You're, you're number one, pal. And the, the Beard Talk Live shirt and the Captain, uh, I don't know if I, Kick-Ass, I can say. You, <laughs> you can, Captain Kick-Ass, uh, yeah. It's, it's radio safe. Uh, it is radio safe. I'm trying to keep that. That's why I wanted to call into Beard Talk Live first, so I could try to get that out and practice the call-in. Um, 
But uh, those are some of the most comfortable shirts. I don't want to work in them because I don't want to mess them up, but I wear them out anytime I can. <laughs> I have a photo of a guy who does – I have a photo of a guy who does like uh, contracting type work, uh, and uh, he was working in in some cement, and uh, you know got the shirt you know nice and dirtied up, and so I took a photo of it so that you can you know per- person can get an idea of what it looks like when it's all dirtied <laughs> up. Uh, still looks good, right? Oh yeah. Well, um, I'm calling in because I just wanted to announce that I um, after coming up to Fork Fest, I'm planning on coming up to the next one and staying through the Porcupine Freedom Fest and then probably just never leaving. Woo-hoo! That's awesome. All right. You absolutely should. Um, so that that is the plan and cool. step one has started to uh, I guess it's be enacted. So um, I am on my way. I can tell you, well and I don't know, I don't know what the time frame is, but there is a person that I'm aware of who's looking for somebody who knows how to do framing? Do you know no. how to do framing? <laughs> if you know if Absolutely. you know how to build a house, I'll fly you up here from from. He, he says he knows yeah. how. Yeah, you can frame a house. I'll Absolutely. fly you up for a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I think is I think the, the business card. I can still contact you on that. Number, yeah. If you want to just send me a yeah. If you just want to send me DM a the text, captain. send me a text to that number on my business card. And then I'll make sure I give it to Steve Classic here, who's the guy who's looking for the framing help, and then you guys can have a conversation. How about do you have that? A, do you have a camper? Did you... uh, that's actually kind of the plan, is I'm going to try to move up there in a camper. Oh, um, how did you get up to Porkfest? Did you, did you fly up here, or did you drive up? No, uh, I drove, and then I stayed at um, Rogers Campground in the hotel room. Oh, oh, the hotel room. You see, Steve Classic, if you'd have come to Fort Fest or Pork Fest, you would know all of this already. I know, I know, I know. That's another two hours. I have heard exactly three people complain about a festival that held 3,000. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So it's the same three people complaining about everything, probably. So, And you're always going to get that once it... It grows to a certain point, and this yeah. is with anything, any festival, any you know, any any event. Once you get thousands of people together, there's always going to be a couple people. Yeah. And actually, generally, I go to a lot of music festivals and stuff like that. Sure. Typically, there's a lot more issues. There's a lot more people getting hurt. There's a lot more things that Drunks. people are complaining Drugs. about. You know, like security and the rules. There's really nothing yeah, like what the, that. What's the security in Porkfest? The pork rangers. Is it all self, self-secured? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And right. and they don't really, I mean, it's really just, you know, s- some kid fell off their bike, go get the golf cart like, and bring yeah. them to free like, aid yeah, or like, something. No, you know, it's not I, really too serious. I witnessed a, I'm going to call it a toddler. I don't know how old this, this little girl was, but uh, she fell down on one of the paved ways. Like, you know, she was going at a pretty good clip. Right, she was mm-hmm. running, and she fell down, like scraped her knee or something, and started yeah. crying. And thirty like, people come on. It was yeah. yeah, it was like, and like I'm a nurse, out of my way, you know, this kind of a yeah. thing, right? You know, and like you couldn't have gotten help in the regular world yeah. the way that this girl got help this one day at Porkfest. Right? Yeah, so, and it's like, oh, how are we going to function without the ambulance and the police and right. this, that, and the other right. thing? And it actually works out when you have real communities coming yeah. together. And I mean. It can work like that on a larger, like it's not just pork fest. I mean, it can work like that in real life too. There was a uh, a black jeep with uh, it had uh, uh, some sort of a uh, uh, very large machine gun mounted to the top of it mm. uh, there, and I was like, "That's awesome! Yeah, you that don't see awesome. that every day. <laughs> should you know? we should see those? Every day. Uh, 
And like I've never felt safer than yeah. at Porkfest or Forkfest and Porkfest, right? Yeah. Uh, not because there was some giant behemoth security agency or a whole bunch of uh, uniformed guys with guns enforcing the will of masters on us. No, it was because everybody was taking personal responsibility yes. for their own safety and security. Absolutely. Now, what about like the health department, the Department of Revenue Services trying to get their piece of the action on meals, taxes and all that? I heard that they were run out when they came to try to. Was that Levy I don't some think, taxes. Yeah, last year. Maybe some or some time ago. I, that was a prank. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what happened there because I wasn't there the year that that. Like, there's no health inspector saying how 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 uh, hot is the the cooking oil and all that crap. You know, like they do at country I mean, fairs. They do like, at fairs. Like these people, if they want to show up unannounced and roam around, they can. Right. Uh, we won't know. Right. You yeah. can't tell them from any other fest right. goer. Right. We wouldn't know. Uh, same thing with feds. I'm sure there's a bunch oh, of feds there roaming around. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, different agencies sending their own, you know, lackey to go scope it out. Right. Look at what these extremists are doing. They're having fun. Give They're them- listening to music. They're right. playing games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the horror. The they, horror. Don't, they don't have a license. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shut them down. Do you have a license to tell that joke? They're you launching know. rockets to take pictures of space. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We're going to have to shut you down. You don't have a license for fun. <laughs> So, yeah, no, the, the the vibe there is overwhelmingly positive. Like, the energy coming off of everybody, yeah. transacting freely, negotiating with each other freely, um, you know, acquiring things, uh, handmade gifts and trinkets and, you know, commemorative stuff and uh, just the creativity alone, the art, if you will, that, that is Forkfest and Porkfest is amazing to experience. Uh, and overwhelmingly positive energy coming from the whole place the entire time. And when something does, you know, go awry, because human beings are humans, right? Something's yeah. going to go wrong. Uh, the response is immediate. It's fast, right? Because everybody's tied into the chat rooms mm-hmm. or the chat groups or different chat groups or different things. And like, but the response is way faster than anything the government could ever conceive of putting together. This blew me away when I read it. Because I'd never heard of anything like this ever happening. Uh, we talk frequently about how cops operate as a gang. They do. They're, they're a always, unionized gang. They always got their mm-hmm. always got their partner. They got backup. They got somebody else down the street waiting for them. They never operate solo. Right? They always operate as a gang. And so whenever a cop commits some sort of injustice, uh, a beating, a killing of a, a person, a dog... Uh, the destruction of some property, uh, you know, a SWAT team, you know, bangs down the wrong house or whatever. Whenever these cops commit some sort of a crime themselves, none of the other cops ever get prosecuted for for anything, for being an accessory, for, you know, all the things the rest of us, of course, would right. be arrested and prosecuted for. So if a cop bashes in a citizen's head and there's his partner standing there doing nothing about it, well, normally, if it were you or I bashing in somebody's head and jail. somebody was standing next to it, if you were the person standing next to it, you would go to jail for not intervening, for not yeah. helping the victim, for not stopping the guy, right? Well, wait, cops wait, do this. would you? Cops do this all the time where, like, there's a cop beating a guy and their their buddy, their partner, their fellow cop does nothing. They just stand there and watch. So I was under the impression they were supposed to do that because that's what it seems like because they do that 
more often than not. Well, this from the Free Thought Project, the first cop convicted for not intervening as fellow cop bashed man's face in with a gun and strangled him. Gosh. Martinez was convicted for failing to intervene when another officer violently assaulted an Army veteran. So, I thought it was like failing to, to help help bash the guy's face in. Hold him down. <laughs> You're not holding him down while I'm beating him up. In a groundbreaking case, former Colorado police officer Francine Martinez was convicted for failing to intervene when another officer violently assaulted uh, this gentleman, who happens to be an Army veteran, during an arrest in 2021. Martinez is the first officer to face a jury and be found guilty under a new police accountability law that was passed following the tragic murder of George Floyd in 2020. This conviction is a much-needed step in the right direction for holding law enforcement officers accountable for their actions and encouraging a culture of transparency. I'm going to stop there. While this law that may have resulted in this thing happening as a first, it's not enough, not by any stretch of the imagination. And when it comes to uh, this (laughs) encouraging a culture of transparency, well... The claim is made by government itself, that government is of the people and for the people and by the people. It's not. Why do I say that? Because if it were, we'd be able to fire these bastards, like on the spot. Like, no, you did that. Nope, that's wrong. You're You're fired. fired. Right. Right. But we can't. I'm assuming it used to be like that 200 years ago. No. No? No. They had qualified immunity back then? Well, uh, well it, it wasn't called that. It was it's, called... It's uh, still a gang. They, they would intimidate yeah, right. people. And be like, well, well if without me, who will protect you? Right? It was, yeah. It's the same trope, right? right, right? right. Um, to protect and this, serve. This quote, encouraging a culture of transparency. Well, if, as government says, it is of the people, for the people, and by the people, the entire organization should be transparent, and anybody, anybody, anywhere should be able... And I don't even care if you're a citizen or not. Anyone, anywhere should be able to look at any portion of government at any time. Unredacted. Unredacted. It should be 100% transparent. Right. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners. This is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. The state does a really, well, in their mind, a really good job. In my mind, a really horrible job. Uh, and you'll see what I mean in just a second. Uh, the state does this thing where they have most people convinced that doing the right thing and doing the legal thing are the same thing. And they're not. In, the, in fact, they're very far apart from each yeah. other. Doing the right thing is uh, a far more noble uh, thing to do than doing the legal thing uh, almost across the board, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, Vincent's attorney, uh, Siddhartha Rathod, reinforced the notion 
that this verdict should send a clear message to law enforcement that the blue code of silence is over. (laughs) He also called upon prosecutors in Colorado to prioritize these types of cases as a means of driving systemic change. Martinez's conviction follows that of former Loveland, Colorado police officer Daria Jolly, who pled guilty to a failure to intervene and was sentenced to 45 days in jail after a fellow officer injured a 73-year-old woman with dementia during an arrest. Oh, my. They were arresting a 73-year-old woman with dementia? Yeah. Why is there? Yeah, why is that even happening? Well, why is it that um, 250, thereabouts, years uh, have gone by, and this is the first time that any sort of uh, law has been, uh, you know, put into effect, whatever that means, uh, to actually hold police accountable for other police? What's well, that code of silence? Right. 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 Why has it taken 250 years? This is how slow and ancient and barbaric the organization type known as government is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do not do anything quickly. Uh, and they, when they do something on, on the off time, they do something that seems like it's a good idea. It's far too little, and it's far too late. Yeah, they screw it up, and they mm. waste a bunch of money doing it. And if they don't get it right, they want more money get it right (laughs) yeah it's like anyone else in any other situation that person would be fired so when are we you know going to stand up and fire them like they should have been fired 200 years ago as the movement for police accountability gains traction nearly two dozen of the country's hundred largest police departments have implemented duty to intervene policies this is not law policy yeah policies since the racial justice protests that followed Floyd's murder. However, Henderson, director of the Center for Justice Research at Texas Southern University, acknowledged the challenge of tracking whether officers are responding to these policies by intervening in incidents of excessive force. Well, they're not going to. It's a policy. And honestly, I I would have assumed, uh, it's very naive of me, I would have assumed that those policies would have already been in place. <laughs> Well, they probably very, a, very naive of me. They probably have a policy, and then well, you have three strikes, so it's probably going to be three times before the policy. But it, it sounds like they didn't even have the policy no, to begin didn't. with. Uh, One hundred of the largest police departments in the United States have recently implemented these policies. One hundred since yeah, one hundred mm. since uh, Floyd's murder. So doesn't sound like very many. No, and I would be willing to bet that the. The rest of the departments that are smaller have no such policy. They still have the blue coat of silence policy. <laughs> the, the other nine million that are, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, despite the existence of federal duty to intervene laws and policies, officers may still fail to intervene due to inadequate training and rigid workplace hierarchies. The state does a really, well, in their mind, a really good job. In my mind, a really horrible job. Uh, and you'll see what I mean in just a second. Uh, the state does this thing where they have most people convinced that doing the right thing and doing the legal thing are the same thing. And they're not. In, the, in fact, they're very far apart from each yeah. other. Doing the right thing is uh, a far more noble uh, thing to do than doing the legal thing uh, almost across the board, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
So at any rate, Vincent's attorney, uh, Siddhartha Rathod, reinforced the notion that this verdict should send a clear message to law enforcement that the blue code of silence is over. (laughs) He also called upon prosecutors in Colorado to prioritize these types of cases as a means of driving systemic change. Martinez's conviction follows that of former Loveland, Colorado police officer Daria Jolly, who pled guilty to a failure to intervene and was sentenced to 45 days in jail after a fellow officer injured a 73-year-old woman with dementia during an arrest. Oh, my. They were arresting a 73-year-old woman with dementia? Yeah. Why is there? Yeah, why is that even happening? Well, why is it that um, 250, thereabouts, years uh, have gone by, and this is the first time that any sort of uh, law has been, uh, you know, put into effect, whatever that means, uh, to actually hold police accountable for other police? What's well, that code of silence? Right. 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 Why has it taken 250 years? This is how slow and ancient and barbaric the organization type known as government is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do not do anything quickly. Uh, and they, when they do something on, on the off time, they do something that seems like it's a good idea. It's far too little, and it's far too late. Yeah, they screw it up, and they mm. waste a bunch of money doing it. And if they don't get it right, they want more money to get it right yeah it's like anyone else in any other situation that person would be fired so when are we you know going to stand up and fire them like they should have been fired 200 years ago as the movement for police accountability gains traction nearly two dozen of the country's hundred largest police departments have implemented duty to intervene policies this is not law policy yeah policies since the racial justice protests that followed Floyd's murder. However, Henderson, director of the Center for Justice Research at Texas Southern University, acknowledged the challenge of tracking whether officers are responding to these policies by intervening in incidents of excessive force. Well, they're not going to. It's a policy. And honestly, I I would have assumed, uh, it's very naive of me, I would have assumed that those policies would have already been in place. <laughs> Well, they probably very, a, very naive of me. They probably have a policy, and then well, you have three strikes, so it's probably going to be three times before the policy. But it, it sounds like they didn't even have the policy no, to begin didn't. with. Uh, One hundred of the largest police departments in the United States have recently implemented these policies. One hundred since yeah, one hundred mm. since uh, Floyd's murder. So it doesn't sound like very many. No, and I would be willing to bet that the. The rest of the departments that are smaller have no such policy. They still have the blue coat of silence policy. <laughs> the, the other nine million that are, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, despite the existence of federal duty to intervene laws and policies, officers may still fail to intervene due to inadequate training and rigid workplace hierarchies. Both Christy E. Lopez, Georgetown Law Professor and former Deputy Chief in Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice, and the Henderson have urged for more comprehensive training to change police culture, according to a report in the USA Today. Herod concurred, stating, There is no silver bullet to changing a culture that has been traditionally protect the blue at all cost. Oh my gosh. I'm going to throw up. This is just... <laughs> Back to blue and all that, you know? It's just crazy to me 
that these people need special training to not murder people and assault 70-year-old women and, like, children with special needs. Like, we need to train you to not shoot people and dogs and, you know, like, what? Have you ever, Nikki, uh, gone to, like, a, like a salon, a pedicure, yeah. or get your hair done, you know, like makeover, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Those people running that business, performing those tasks, receive more training than police. <laughs> I was going to say, did they get special training to not shoot me in the head when I go to get my nails done? <laughs> they didn't need that kind of training because they know it's wrong to oh, not shoot their customers. They have common sense? Yeah. So the relationship between police and everyone else is not that of customer and provider. Well, and that's the thing, too. So the thing with police is they're, they're above the law. They're... They're above all you civilians, all you you rule breakers and you criminals. So they and they act as such. They act as if they're, you know, they have this God complex, you know, like they're they're better than you and they can do whatever they want. They can. Yeah. And they treat it's very uh, apparent with the way they treat people. Most people assume that the relationship between government and. And themselves, whether it's police, military, bureaucrats, you know, the DMV, whatever. Most people assume that it is a customer to consumer, or I'm sorry, a business to consumer relationship. It is not. Because everything else in your life is. Right. There's no competition. You, you can't go to the other DMV. Right. Does anyone really believe that, though? Oh, they do. Of course they do. It's pounded into their head in school, right? We, we, we are the government. We are the people. We own the government. We run the government. The government is us. I mean, I could. Right? That's what they're, that's pounded in their head in public school and reinforced through television and media for the rest of your life. We the people. This is Adam in Canada. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, gents. Yeah, it was a very pleasure of mine to write a letter for Ian. I don't write many letters, very few in my life, but that one had to be done, and I hope many others follow. Tonight sounded like a great night to call in and talk about policing uh, in a more open mind, more decentralized fashion. I've always had some thoughts kicking around I wanted to share with you tonight. Sure, go ahead. So looking at police as a service, sometimes when I walk by the Toronto Police Service, I think it's a strange choice of words, like, how do I cancel my police service? (laughs) Would I really want to, to be honest? Thought, unsubscribe. Right. unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to see you go. Fee, I'll pay it. But no, I wouldn't, really, because I, I, we need the cops. I had to call 911 for a guy trapped in an elevator last night screaming like he was having his head sawed off. Poor man. <laughs> Poor guy just had to have some help. But the thing is, we need to maybe, instead of voting for uh, politicians and parasites, what if we just started voting for private companies? Like, I imagine a world where people have had enough don't trust the politicians anymore, cut the middleman out of the loop, and they just start voting for, is it going to be G4, Brinks, Garda World, or the incumbents? <laughs> Most neighborhoods are divided among, you know, districts, or in Canada we call them ridings. You have different flavors of laws in different places, and it works out to the point where people are supposed to be represented differently, but it never works out that way, right? The party all comes to one agreement, right. and the whole country has to do one thing. But if we just voted for police, talk to them and fire them accordingly to according to how well they adhere to the terms of a contract if a condominium corporation can get together and decide on a security company i'm pretty sure a neighborhood could get together and decide on a police company absolutely and this is what uh, i personally have been advocating for which is uh, abolish the tax funded version of police like everybody when when they hear us talking about abolish the police they think oh, but then there won't be anything no 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 
we all agree that we need emergency services, right? Our we need lives will never go out of style. Right. We need security services, right? We I just want to privatize them all. Exactly. We want to. People say, "Oh, well, what if the bad people get in?" Well, they're already getting in, and if they're not getting into the cops, they're getting into elsewhere. That's a bad people problem. That's a them problem. Right. At least we can find out who they are and deal with it in the way where the people who were supposed to deal with it are accountable to us. Right. And if I hire a uh, or I get together with you know twenty of my neighbors and we hire a security service to I don't know patrol our neighborhood, ABC Security, and they do a <laughs> crappy job. Uh, XYZ. Well, we can we can just be like, yeah, your your contract's over. We're going to hire this other company. You can't. People would argue against that, saying, "Oh, that's a roadmap to chaos and anarchy." Well, it is anarchy, but it's not chaos. Right. I mean, if the people who are making these kind of decisions can pass a judgment like that, do you think they do a worse job? Right. Hey, Adam, I have a question for you, though. Uh, two questions, actually. You're calling from Canada. How are you listening to Free Talk Live? Uh, any way I can right now on Odyssey without giving out my digital fingerprint. It's okay. not easy these days. No worries. And then being you're from Canada, do you have the correct license to be calling the U.S.? Did Trudeau approve <laughs> your your communication with us? Now, when it comes to that, I'm just going to hop over the border and tell you to your face. In a fresh and daring protest move, climate activists from the last generation, quote-unquote, group in Hamburg and Dusseldorf managed to infiltrate the runways of local airports and stick themselves firmly in place, resulting in widespread disruptions to flight operations. Although in some time the authorities gained control, the incidents brought flight operations to a grinding halt for a few hours uh, on July 13th. So that was three days ago. Uh, In another viral video from Berlin... Two of the protesters resorted to using a mix of concrete and epoxy resin to affix their hands to the asphalt as a form of protest. Some observers say this could lead to the potential amputation of their hands. It's kind of funny they're the last generation. <laughs> if they keep doing this. Then. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, natural, selec- it a, yeah, natural selection. Right. Uh, they've got a couple of uh, you know things in here, pictures and whatnot. As the school holidays kicked off in Hamburg... The, quote, last generation, unquote, activists decided to take their protest to new heights by gluing themselves to the runway at Hamburg Airport. Their unconventional approach caused several hours of chaos and delay. Not to be outdone, the last generation members in Dusseldorf decided to stick it to the system as well. By cutting through a fence, they gained access to the airport apron and positioned themselves on the access road to the runway. Their disruptive presence caused significant delays leaving flight operations in disarray. What do they want? Well, the last generation activists justified their over-the-top actions as a response to the government's perceived lack of planning and disregard for laws in addressing the climate crisis. Climate change, climate change. They criticized the increasing number of air passengers and associated emissions, calling for concrete plans. No pun intended. Uh I'm glad you got that. (laughs) To achieve the required emission reduction targets, their demand for a societal council to phase out fossil fuel usage by 2030 was reiterated. So what do they want? Electric planes? Do they know what they want? Do they really really know what they want? All they know is that they want the law to do something. They're crisis actors. They're they're appealing to authority. They're crying to mommy and daddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're on the payroll of the World Economic Forum. Yeah. You do something about me and Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Got my hands in the cement. Yeah. Um, that's literally what they're doing. Yeah. Um, like if they really, really cared about the climate, they would become uh, a scientist of some sort, right? They would, uh, you know, figure out how to motivate people to make meaningful changes in their lives to achieve their goals without the use of coercion yeah. and violence. And don't get me wrong. Mm. I am, you know, I try to be very eco-friendly. You sure. know, it's something I'm interested in. But I just don't believe in forcing it we've on all, other people. We've all seen you know? the teary-eyed Indian standing on the uh, the dump site, right? Yeah. You know, we've all seen these commercials. But here's the thing. Human beings are the problem, not the climate. <laughs> and you, also, like, so... You have so- to change human behavior. And you, look at the track record that the law has for changing human behavior. It doesn't have a very good one. <laughs> It's not no, very you good don't at all. say. Not gonna change. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, the very organization that these people are appealing to is the largest polluter on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. Let me say that again. This very organization that these people are appealing to do something—the law—is the largest polluter on planet Earth. Period. Right. How much jet fuel does the U.S. Uh, military use every day? So maybe they should start protesting some of that in less of, you know, the middle class family that just wanted to go on vacation after working really hard all year. What they you know should, what I mean? They should parachute into a uh, an aircraft carrier and try doing that. That would be really cool. That would really yeah. get, get things done. It, it's so amazing <laughs> to me how many people don't realize that the most evil that is committed on planet Earth is done by the organization type known as government. Whether it's pollution, whether it's murder, whether it's rape, torture, human whether rights, it's theft, <laughs> yeah, whether it's abuse of physical, mental, any of oh, these things. Oh, well, you just need to get the right guy in office. Oh, oh, is that all? <laughs> Maybe I think in that's every all. office. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Then, well, who is the right guy, Nikki? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody vote for nobody. Nobody cares about the environment. <laughs> nobody cares about the economy. I this whole thing about <laughs> it sounds like something out of the Guardian. <laughs> like this, this, this uh, article. It does, <laughs> and maybe it's republished. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell. This originally is a, appeared in the Guardian. Yeah, this is a <laughs> a, a rinky dink website that I've never heard of. Um, but it it still amazes me that. Most folks don't realize that there's one organization type responsible for most of the bad stuff on planet Earth. And it's interesting because even people that recognize the atrocities that world governments commit, they're still like, well, you know, they have the Stockholm syndrome. Like, yes, you know, they're abusive and they're stealing from me, this, that, and the other thing, but... You know, we need them for the roads. Or what about public school? What about the hospitals? They can't get over the services or the alleged services that the government provides for them. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.